good? Everyone good? We good back there, Josh Helmer? We're good. Getting all the ones and twos connected? We're good. Ones and okay. twos. All right. Okay. There's some silence, and all of a sudden, just worry. I don't like not being able to see you. I want to make sure that I can yell at people that are bothering you and that you are not fighting with someone off the air, explaining to them that, A, we don't take king of the mountain picks on our show, (laughs) and, B, thoroughly explaining how to use the app. Always fun off-the-air conversations on the Josh show, right? I love the Josh show. It's great. (laughs) Oh, man. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Plank Show. With Josh, I'm Plank, and we are coming to you live today. Well, we're live every day. We're on location at Cavens Group, 405-573-3048, online at cavensgroup.com. Emergency response, water, fire, mold, hazmat, you name it, they've got it. Uh, Mold being a big issue, getting a little rain over the last few days. You might even notice a couple of spots in the roof that could be problematic. Cavens has you covered there. We'll talk to Gary about it. Coming up in about an hour from my mark. How was your, what day is it, Thursday? How was your Wednesday night, Josh? Really light sports night, huh? Light sports night. It uh, it was a good Wednesday, man. What did uh, what'd you get into? Nothing. Nothing. I did nothing. I wrote my feature on Gavin Freeman. I put together the framework of my Emma Hawkins story. And I am... Uh, Left lane, hammer down focused on A, this show over the next two days, and B, Oklahoma and Tulsa, which I find to be a fascinating, fascinating matchup for, you know, several reasons. Number one, I, I worry for the alma mater about their ability to match up on Saturday. I worry because they still don't know what they're going to do, I think, at quarterback. I think Oklahoma has a decisive advantage on the, uh, on the in the trenches, as they should, right? And uh, and I just I, – I have a feeling – and listen, when I say I worry, you got to remember, I'm, I'm a Sooner now. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's very much a, an ancillary issue. I mean, gosh, Josh, the Golden Hurricast – the, the, the podcast for TU didn't even have me on this weekend. No. Nah, they chose someone else. What am I? So I want to see destruction this weekend. And un- unfortunately, I think that's what might happen. But, but I do think that Tulsa can do some things from, uh, formationally with the offensive game plan from Kevin Wilson that might give uh, OU at least a couple of series to figure something out, right? It's like We've seen this before in the past. Go up against, even if it's an offense you're familiar with, they do a couple of different things. You see it, you adjust, you're good the rest of the game. This should be a big day. I, I hate saying this because I don't want to minimize the opponent. I don't want to minimize the matchup. I'm excited for Tulsa-based Oklahoma fans. I'm excited for TU fans. I'm excited for everyone in the 918. I'm excited for those businesses along 11th. I'm excited for uh, those who have to travel down the turnpike because it sucks. 
to have to do that every game day. And many of you have done it for years and years and years. I love it that it's that short trip, right? But I don't, I don't, I don't know how this thing's going to match up, Josh. I have a, I have a bad feeling about how this can go for Tulsa on Saturday. So uh, I listened to Kevin Wilson. I listened last night back to the huddle. It's more of a of a look back on SMU and a little preview of Tulsa. But I just, it's wild for me when I think about how I would sit in the KQLL and the KTBZ studio and you would have these matchups against Oklahoma State for Tulsa and against Oklahoma and you would have these matchups against Arkansas. And at the time, when you were looking at it from a TU perspective, you know, you, you really, you wanted them. Right, you want you want these kind of matchups. It's great for the school. I think it's good for the state. I wish Oklahoma and Oklahoma and Tulsa are going to play more down the road. I thought I think Tulsa and Oklahoma State should continue to play, and it looks like that's going to happen. Now, I think Arkansas has a great fan base in Tulsa, and I, I feel like they should play here more. But I look back and I think about all those times. Where I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe they can can hang. I just the, this is one of those matchups that reminds me eerily of. Well, the, the last time Oklahoma went to Tulsa when Kevin Wilson was their offensive coordinator. That was the um, 2008, the 2008 trip when <laughs> Todd Graham was the head coach at Tulsa. And it, uh, Todd, Todd wasn't afraid to talk, Josh. I think that a lot of people know that. Todd wasn't afraid to talk. And in that game... No, no, it wasn't. It was, was it 07? Okay, in the 2007 season. Excuse me. I got a year ahead of myself. And in that game, Tulsa lost 62-21, but they were throwing. Oklahoma was throwing pretty late in the game. And a lot of people are like, why, why are you throwing so late? And I think it was either Coach Wilson or Bob Stoops that said, well, they kept blitzing. <laughs> they kept blitzing. You keep blitzing, we're going to keep throwing. And uh, OU manhandled Tulsa that day. I kind of feel like it could be something similar to that, Josh, that 07 game. You know, they've had good games against each other. I think uh, Brent Venables joked about it, but there was the, the day Adrian Peterson saved the day against Tulsa. I was at that game. I was at that game, Josh, uh, in Norman. And I'll never forget why I'd never really taken the time with my past to go walk around the concourse during the game, right? I would, I'd stay in the press box or, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd get out maybe because I had post-game responsibilities, maybe a little bit early. But I'll never forget. I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk around. Pop had season tickets at the time and we, I just had never really taken the time to walk through the concourse. And I remember it was 7-6 to six Oklahoma uh, led at the half. This was 2005. And I ran into a guy that, uh, that knew me from the show, and he's like, hey, appreciate it. We're heading home. I'm like, it's, it's halftime. It's 7-6. to six. He's like, this shouldn't be that close. I'm out of here. <laughs> like, that's fantastic. But that was a good game. That was a good game. 
uh, Oklahoma had to score 17 fourth quarter points to beat TU when it was, you know, that final outcome was added to whenever Clint Ingram had a pick six. That was a good game they played in 2005. You know, the last time, the last time that Tulsa came to Oklahoma was also a pretty good game. That was a game when OU just did not have an answer for Kiaris Garrett. I was trying to look at the stats here real quick. I think Garrett, see, what did he finish with in that game? Yeah, uh, he had 14 catches, Josh, for 189 yards. Kiaris Garrett, the Tulsa wide receiver. But thankfully, Baker Mayfield went crazy, and good old Samaj ran. I think Baker almost ran for 100 yards, too. And I was trying to find, of course, Tulsa beat him on the West Caswell 99-yard touchdown pass in 1996. Uh, but for the most part, you know, outside of 05 and outside of, you know, even the, the final score ended up being pretty lopsided, 52 to, to, to 38 when they played in 2015. This, this isn't necessarily a close game consistently, right? As much as, as much as people like to look back at 2002, the three-zip game of the half. Oklahoma scored 34 unanswered points. That was Keith Burns holding the finger up, running Tulsa off the, the field, feeling like they had just won the game. But typically, this is uh, fairly one-sided. And unfortunately, Tulsa is a program that's in a bit of a rebuild after Montgomery left. I guess my point is, in a very one-sided series, there's been a handful of good games. I unfortunately, Josh, in all of my research so far, have a hard time really selling myself that this is going to be one of those memorable games on Saturday. It doesn't look like it on paper. Correct. You know, based on what Washington just did last week to Tulsa and then just defensively, the Mm -hmm. numbers uh, for Tulsa. I mean, they're 104th nationally in total defense, very, very susceptible to giving up some chunk yardage in the passing game, so... You would expect Dylan Gabriel and these wide receivers to go out there and maybe figure a couple more things out, get a little bit better in sync, uh, possibly mix in uh, some some Stockner and, and Smith, the tight end. So I just think Oklahoma offensively should be able to make it feel much, much different than this past week versus SMU. I think SMU and Tulsa, when they play each other, is going to be a good game. But I think SMU is the best team in the American Athletic Conference. And even though I've, I – did I go through the whole history of teams that Oklahoma beat early in the season and I thought that's going to be a good team and it never panned out? Uh, I think SMU is going to be a good team this season. I think we're going to look back and feel really good about that win, regardless of how tight it was late. Now, um, before we take a break, Josh, I think you and I had – had set aside some time for today to talk about the Kevin Wilson era at Oklahoma. And I I wanted to open it up and get your takes. If you want to jump in on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, let's do it. 405-329-9000. If you want to hit us up on the Knipple Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439 or on Twitter, at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. Everyone go follow us. At KREF Sports. I thought about it last night. I listened to Brent Venables talk about it. I listened to Kevin Wilson talk about his time at Oklahoma. I thought Toby, I thought it was funny what Toby said. 
<laughs> Steel Man told me the lion liar story, which was fantastic yesterday. But how do you think the Kevin Wilson era as the offensive play caller at the University of Oklahoma is remembered? How do you feel like he is viewed whenever we look at kind of the the history? And knowing, again, I think in college football, coordinators' role in a team's success is much more noticed and revealed. Revealed? Revered? What term am I looking for here? Revered. There you go. By fans than maybe in the NFL, right? You, It's all about Belichick in the NFL. It might lead to these guys getting other jobs, but nobody's sitting around talking about, you know, Josh McDaniels until he gets a head coach's job, right? It was about Brady. So, I, again, I'm not – we don't have to fight NFL versus college. I just – that's my reasoning for bringing this up. And the dude was here for a long time. So, in your opinion – how do you view the Kevin Wilson era? How do you think it's remembered amongst Sooner Nation? I would imagine as a very successful one. You know what Toby said this morning driving in is, is right. The offensive coordinator is the number one coaching staff position to where it's, oh, my gosh, we got to get somebody that can call plays. we got to get somebody new. <laughs> and yet, once somebody's been gone for a while, some of that, I think, softens. So if, if they're – during Kevin Wilson's tenure, if there wasn't constant excitement about what he's doing, it's aged really well, right? Mm-hmm. So I think 2008, I told you yesterday, to me that's how it's remembered, is the Sam Bradford offense that took him to the, the precipice of a national championship and had five straight 60-point scoring games. That was a team, man. That team was a wagon. I also think – I also think that there is a – like, for instance, when we look back, I'm not – we'll get to the Lincoln-Riley stuff later, much later, like after the show's over. Dude, why? Why even open your mouth? Why even say anything? I think the – I think the Lincoln-Riley era will always be remembered for Baker and for Kyler. Obviously stained with a, an early exit, now ridiculous amounts of finger pointing, which makes no sense to me. He needs to come on the show and clear that stuff up. I'm just saying, if you guys know Lincoln and you listen to this show, and I know you do, you need to tell him he needs to get in here and clear this up because that was BS yesterday, man. That was BS, but I digress. We're not going down that road, Josh. Not. I'm getting. I'm not getting triggered. I'm in a good mood. I'm at Cavens. I was on time, even though I had to stop to get gas. I saw Amanda's smiling face. Life is good. We're not fighting. But even in that, there would always be a, well, we didn't win a national championship with this, these two, three, well, two Heisman Trophy winning and one Heisman runner-up quarterback. You know, it's always, what does Ted say? You know, you, you sometimes remember the losses more vividly than you reflect on the the, the wins. You, you kind of obsess over the disappointments more than you do celebrate the dubs. And there was, you know, I, I wonder if that faction is out there. It's like, well, we didn't win a national championship, and that's the expectation. Because if that's it, then you will look back and say, well, yeah, number one pick in the draft, we didn't win a title. But in that same vein, Josh, you had the number one pick in the draft, and you had a record-setting offense. That was fun as hell to watch, right? Absolutely they were. And, uh, you know, the tempo 
the, the things that they were doing was, uh, in that time, it was pretty groundbreaking. Right. 405-651-3439. As we get set to square off against Kevin Wilson on the opposing sidelines, how is that error remembered? Now, this isn't the first time Oklahoma has faced off against Kevin Wilson in another quote-unquote uniform. There was the Ohio State-Oklahoma game with the flag plant in 2017, and Kevin Wilson was the offensive coordinator, which was a year removed from Ohio State-Oklahoma 2016, which we don't like to talk about. But they've had success. Whole, whole different mindset, though, right? New staff, new players, new setting for Kevin Wilson. But yet, as a head coach, how do you – it's different. So how do we look back on that? I want to get some of your text on that, 405-651-3439. Also, uh, Thursdays are all about our sneak peek, even though I think it's already out on ESPN+. Plus but our highlight slash sneak peek of the Coach's Corner. And we've got some good stuff, especially from Jay Vallad, who needs to have his own show. I don't know how we do this. I don't know if there is an NIL deal that can be out there for coaches. But Jay Vallad, Josh Helmer, needs his own show. That's coming up at 1030. Plus, we're at Cavens on a Thursday, so that means we'll get to hear from our buddy, Gary Cavins. All right, your text is coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Coach Stoops was also in the work for. Our, practice, our players were phenomenal, had a great staff that we were working with. Because of the time and the success we had, it gave me opportunities, really opportunities to be sitting here. And, one, and the opportunity to want to be here has to do with, I almost like you say, basically a great decade in Norman. Same time, this is this week and our team, and we're developing our team. I know Brent's laser focused on his team in year two and, and the strides they're bidding. So that's a neat little uh, backdrop story. But to me, I'm, I'm more concerned with our team and, 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 and putting together a great plan this week and practicing well and then going out playing well and keep building what we're trying to get going here. It was a good attempt by Kevin Wilson. But as you'll hear as this show rolls on in preparation for OU and TU this weekend, uh, I think the media finally got to him. I think at some point he's like, all right, here's a story. <laughs> Here you go. You happy now? You happy now? With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. We're live from Caven's group. Let me see uh, some of these Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line text, 405-651-3439. Uh, who better than Douglas Miles to give us some good perspective on this? Kevin Wilson took over an offense that scored 13 points in Bedlam and 10 points against Arkansas and made the running game with Quentin Griffin an absolute force in 2002. He was fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, Josh, I feel like that, you know, you go back, and I think I brought this up yesterday, and I didn't have anyone push back against it, so maybe – my memory serves me correct. When Kevin Wilson was brought on board to take over as the offensive coordinator, there was the, at the time, desire to implement a little bit more of the quarterback run game, right? To get more involved with the, the, the quarterback running. And I, and I want to say, now, now I'm getting cocky. I remember a little bit 
But I want to say even add more of the, the hurry up back to it. Oklahoma, if I remember correctly, was, was already going pretty quick, right? But Kevin Wilson came in as the co-offensive coordinator in 02, working with Chuck Long. And after, you know, Mangino had left, they, they completely and totally changed the way that offense rolled. Though, again, that was, it's kind of funny that you think about it, Josh. <laughs> it's kind of funny because that season opener in 02 that we talked about at Skelly Stadium at the time, that was Kevin Wilson's first game as the Oklahoma Sooner offensive coordinator. Did you know that? I just realized that looking at the numbers. Yeah, that's kind of kind of crazy, huh? And it was uh, not a great first half. No, it was three zip at halftime. Got a little sideline report for Saturday. Uh, a couple more on this. Jimmy from BA. 2008 was the best. So disappointing with not winning a national championship and then losing to Texas that year. You know what? I got to tell you something. That 2008 OU-Texas game, as frustrating as it was, was just one of the wildest roller coaster rides that I can remember. You know, Sam Bradford threw for 387 in that game, Josh. 387. Jordan Shipley was wide open the whole game. Cole McCoy didn't even throw for 300 yards in that game. Dude, that game. That game was something else, man. That game was something else. Uh, And, oh, by the way, I'll never forget, funny side story on the personal side, 2008, we were celebrating my buddy Robbie DeRossett's birthday. I want to say, I'm not going to say how old he is, I want to say like 28 or something. And we were watching it at Hard Rock Casino. And it was the first time that, because Emma had just been born, so it was the first time that Sarah and I had gone to do something social outside of, um, you know, being mom and dad. Good, good times, Josh. Good times. Gosh, that was a great. Well, bad times because they ended up losing the game. But that was unbelievable. Kick return um, uh, changed the game. What's that? Kick return for the touchdown. That's right. That's right. Kick return changed the game. Yeah, it was early, but. Um, <laughs> I was in Norman, and I think 97 when they played Tulsa and watched Wes Caswell bust a 99-yarder and watched Travion Smith almost run him down. Dude, that was one of the – that was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Troy DeGar was the quarterback for Oklahoma. He was supposed to be a scramble guy, and then he tore his ACL in his first season. Tulsa went through some quarterbacks during that stretch. But, yeah, he got, got loose for 99 yards, and then out of nowhere, his lineba- linebacker, Josh, almost chases him down. Unbelievable. Uh, where am I going here? Oh, this is good. The 503. Kevin Wilson also didn't give the ball to Kewan Jones when they got into the red zone against LSU when he was running it down their throats. 
He also ran the hurry up and wait in the red zone versus Florida in 08 when they were gashing them with up-tempo. What did I say, Josh? What did I say? You always remember the heartbreaks. You always remember those mistakes more glowingly than you remember those amazing moments, right? Sure. Right there on the precipice of uh, a national championship a couple of times, and uh, unfortunately it didn't materialize. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, A couple of others here. Uh, Guys, in retrospect, when Tulsa hired Coach Montgomery, do you think they meant to hire Lauren? (laughs) I think Lauren Montgomery is pretty happy where he is. I, I, I think if any college came to him, he'd probably be like, I, th- I think I'm pretty good here. I think that I think I'm pretty good here. Philip Montgomery did some incredible things his first few seasons at Tulsa. I think the biggest problem with Phil with Coach Montgomery was that the big time recruits that Tulsa brought in when they got some dudes, right? It just didn't pan out. Philip now off to uh off on his way to, what am I trying to say, Uh, Auburn. Uh, That 2008 game was my first and last Red River rivalry game we attended. The drive home to Missouri that was actually seven hours seemed like 70. Vow not to put ourselves in that situation again when I can just turn off the TV, go upstairs, and cry. Dude, let me tell you something. I find myself so many times after OU Texas wondering how we haven't found a more effective way to navigate the ingress and egress out-of-state fair park. In 20 years of putting 200,000 people into Texas Motor Speedway with two-lane roads. They found a way to get you in and out. But for some reason, some reason, Josh, we just can't get it done. Yeah, you people that are complaining about the LSU game, that's right. That was pre-Kevin Wilson. That was pre-Kevin Wilson. You're finding yourself now creating things to get angry with. <laughs> ah! O2 was still uh, Mangina. Um, yeah, thank you, Mustang Casey. Appreciate it. You can have all of the disdain you want. Kevin Wilson made the call on the throw where White overthrew a wide-open receiver in the end zone. Dude, y'all, these memories that you have are absolutely fantastic. You know, it's funny that you say that. I can remember things to a point, but usually I'm like, oh, yeah, but it was better. I don't like to revel in the pain as much as I like to celebrate the wins like some of y'all. Some of y'all in this like, oh, no, gee, stop. Why? Why do we do that? What are you doing to me? Anything else? To, I, I, there's tons of text on this, but you, you feel like we've done our due diligence on looking back on the Kevin Wilson era at Oklahoma? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? The uh... – Wide ranging. It's again those high points that didn't quite turn into national championships. Probably the uh, the most poignant memories, and, and that yep. stinks. But that's just the reality of 
what it is. Right. He came to Oklahoma in 02, and he stayed until 2010. That is a for coordinators, for position coaches, you know, outside of the greats like Kale Gundy. I mean, that is one heck of a run. One heck of a run. He was the offensive coordinator of the year in 2008, won the Broyles Award. Um, just a stud. And now he's going to try to rebuild things at the University of Tulsa. We'll see how it goes. And by the way, when he came in, like the um, like the 2 season, wait, hold on a second. They were co-offensive coordinators. I apologize. In 2 he was there. He was there for the for the Rose Bowl against Washington State. He was there in 2 Um But in 2003, he was a co-offensive coordinator in that LSU game. So he was there. I don't remember, Josh, to you who was calling plays. It, it might have still been Chuck Long, but he was a co-offensive coordinator during that time. Right. No, yeah, I, I don't. My bad. Timelines get all screwed up in my head. All screwed up in my head. All right, 937. Ooh, we got a break. Uh, typically, we do the text at the bottom of the hour. But I will say, so Mustang Casey, you were kind of right, but let's also remember Kevin Wilson was the co-offensive coordinator during that time. This is why I can't have the text line up during the show, because I need to have the prep page. I've got to use the prep page. Makes it easier. All right, do you want to um, you want to talk about it when we come back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's you get into let's it. Let's do just that. I, I'm making sure that it's a very short segment. Because I'm very triggered by this, but in the same vein, I'm very confused by it as well. We'll dive into it next, right here on The Wrap. Oh, sorry. I thought that was like a commercial bet or something. <laughs> We're back. Kept, I kept waiting for TJ to say, go see the theater production of Rad. Um, True Sooner. Let's get True Sooner in here. True Sooner, welcome to the show. What's going on, True? How are you? Hey, doing good, man. The thing I remember about that 2008 game, I, I was at uh, I was at the ESPN zone uh, in, in, in New York, New York, out in Las Vegas. And as bad as that game hurt, man, what a rush at the end of the season when OU got into the national championship game over a Texas team that had the same amount of losses. And, and basically, remember that Mac Brown was flying the airplane over the stadium and stuff, and saying, you know, we got to, you know, choose choose Texas over OU. We won the game. 30, what was it, 35 to 25 or something like mm-hmm. that? that, was, that yeah, that it, was, 45, uh, it was a 10-point game, 45, 35. 45 yeah. to 30. That's what I remember about that. I mean, it just felt so good at the end of the year to get into that game. And, you know, Texas complaining, obviously, because they lost to Texas Tech, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and that cost them getting in that game. But I know you're fixing to go into Lincoln. Let me just say something real quick on that. Yeah, go ahead. So, so. It blows me away, and maybe I'm the only one that thinks this, but it blows me away the similarities of this and the Kevin Durant situation at Oklahoma City. Just the fact that it seems like you can't leave it alone. Now, I understand, you know, I understand the podcast and the clicks and the, you know, what's involved in all that, and he loves he loves to play the victim and he loves all this stuff. And I don't doubt for a second that every you know every fan base has has fans that are like this and, and, and they're, you know, whatever, whatever they, they, they've gone over the line, but to sit there and say 
that there were break-ins at his house. Obviously, there was no there was no uh, police reports filed, mm-hmm. and the media would the media would have been all over that because because that whole situation was under a microscope for about a week, watching every single move, and for him to say that he. You know, had to we had to get the hell out of town. Yeah, you got the hell out of town. Remember, you ran to USC. You didn't get the hell out of town because of what was happening at OU. You got the hell out of town in the middle of the night. So, I don't know. I just I feel like that the fact that he you know keeps bringing this up, keeps bringing it up like Durant did for so many years. That's the part you know, and 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 basically minimalizing OU fans into. Uh, you know, the fact that they're just these horrible people and we had to get out of town so quick. I mean, that's the part that really bothers me the most of the fact. Like I said, I don't doubt, you know, that somebody didn't call his daughter or whatever, and that's totally wrong. But to sit there and and, and act like that OU fans are just the evil empire, that's where it gets on me at. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. We'll see you, man. Where do you come out on this? I, I, first of all, I don't know who Graham Bensinger is. Am I supposed to know him? Was I supposed to know him? He's a St. Louis guy, so you think that I would know who he is? Uh, no, and uh, okay. I didn't know who he was either. Okay. And to see that he has three quarters of a million uh, subscribers on YouTube was <laughs> kind of mind blowing. Well, let's go. Um, he gets good guests. Yeah, looks like it. Uh, what was your takeaway? A, a lot of what True said right there. Actually, I just. To me, is Lincoln not over the breakup? I mean, is is he the one that's struggling with it? Why at every turn is it not no comment now? I mean, why is he still talking about this? Don't know, man. Don't know. Every fan base has terrible people in it. If you doubt it, if you think I'm lying, go look at any teams, any team, any sport, any city. Go look at any Twitter post of a score or an update and look at the mentions. There's a lot of people that are just awful, right? When, you know, is this all, is this all about the grill? Is that what this is about? No, but in all seriousness, it's, it, it just really takes a paintbrush and paints an entire fan base in a terrible light because We are a society of headline readers. We are in an entity where things are aggregated. No offense. I get it. Clicks. But aggregation and headline reading. I don't know anything else that was talked about in this interview, Josh. No idea. But I know that apparently Lincoln Riley was the one trying to make sure no one left Oklahoma. And Lincoln Riley was the one that was concerned for his family's safety. Now, I'm not going to lie. If there was a car that kept going up and down my street, I'd be a little freaked out about it. But, of course, there's two cars that go up and down my street every single day, so it's not a good example. But I don't know, dude. I find myself to find the timing of this shocking. It I is- really do. It is shocking. I mean, why now? What uh, what would be the purpose in this being published at this particular moment in time? It's just so weird. And for him to sit there and try and act like he kept the ship together is just ridiculous. Right. right. It just doesn't. 
it doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the why. If if you're asked a question, hey, what? And, and the context of it was getting asked a question about leaving Oklahoma. Why? Why the details now, and not in the moment? Because in the moment, it would have, in a lot of ways, probably made a little bit more sense. To where it's like, yeah, I understand why you might want to go. I get it. That makes if that if that's really happening now, you know, for all the news people, oh geez, this sent them into high gear last night, didn't it? Oh the. The news people who are, their Facebook ads are all over my feed that are basically laying out, oh, um, investigation into Jeff Levy on the sidelines. In fact, our Bryles, investigation, what are you talking about? Now it's, were there police reports filed? If indeed there were concerns about people breaking into your house, did you file police reports? What's, what's the backstory behind it? A couple years ago, you know what this reminds me of? You know what this reminds me of, Josh? This reminds me of that moment when the Florida head football coach claimed that he was getting death threats. And everybody freaked. It's like, whoa, is it getting death threats? Well, where's where's the report? Let's let's see if we can substantiate him and find this out. And they dug and they dug and they dug. Jim McElwain. Dog and dog and dog. And guess what they never found, Josh? They never found any death threats. They never found anyone even threatening him. Now, I don't know. I don't get this. I don't understand why now. But to me, it rings hollow. And to me, it sounds... Odd. And, and here's the thing, too. Here's what's interesting. Because as an Oklahoma fan, right, whenever a USC fan or whatever on your little social media platforms, whenever they take a shot at you, when you defend yourself, what is it? Oh, you're just obsessed. You're just obsessed. Why, why don't you let it go? No. No. Because we weren't the ones that brought this up. That's BS, man. That's BS. Something odd, something's off about the timing of this. You've had two years, man. Two years when you've been away. And now all of a sudden, this is this is something you want to talk about? I don't I don't get it. Why would you talk glowingly and, and say all these quote unquote nice things? Only to come around with this, and I'm, I know it's not full two years, Josh, but almost two years. I, we got to see. That's why we can't get into this. I'm hot. I'm mad about it. I'm truly upset well, about it. Let's continue it on the other side because I'm with you. I mean, why paint Oklahoma with this brush when it? I mean, it got you to USC. If that's where you want to be, it got you there. Quick break. It's a Plank Show, right here on the Ref. Uh, you guys have takes on this upon takes upon takes, but let's not short. Things we were talking about. I, by the way, if you get a chance 
I thought yesterday I was listening because I didn't realize this story had broke when I was driving around because, Josh, I'm trying to be better about not being on my phone whenever I'm driving. I get yelled at a lot for it. A lot? Yes. we. Uh, some of us, many of us out there should all be more mindful to just set it down. But I was listening to Travis and Tyler talk about this, and I thought it was really good. So, sooner Lisa just sent a, a text in. She said, you know, I wonder if Lincoln misconstrued tweets that the guys who custom made the fire pit for him were going to find a way to get it back. I remember those going around. Pretty sure it was in jest, but you're right. None of this makes any sense. I mean, I, I mean, this seems to be pretty specific in what he's alleging. Alleging. Thank you. I hate that it takes away from talking OU Tulsa. I'm just thankful that he helped uh, keep the roster together. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's, that's the best part. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking the Heisman Trophy winner he and leaving behind. He basically won the first two games for OU. <laughs> yeah, I mean, appreciate you. Gosh. All right, quick break. <laughs> Gary's going to join us next.